0: NIPM Trivandrum Chapter presents Insights, the Podcast Series for HR Professionals National Institute of Personal Management, established in 1980, is one of the premier organizations of professionals engaged in personal management, industrial relations, labour welfare and HRD in the country. NIPM is a non-profit-making body registered under the Society's Registration Act and devoted to the development of skills, and expertise of HR professionals through active programs like webinars, seminars, workshops, conferences, and publication of research papers through its chapters all over the country. NIPM Trivandrum Chapter is one of the oldest and the most dynamic chapters in the country and has always been at the forefront in organizing various professional activities involving executives and HR professionals, enabling them to reskill and upskill to face the challenges of the disrupted era. The Trivandrum Chapter also conducts an advanced program on labour law for HR excellence. NIPM student chapters are formed in different B schools in Trivandrum and Colom districts. The chapter regularly organizes special programs for the benefit of the student members of the chapter. NIPM Trivandrum Chapter presents Insights, the podcast series for HR professionals.
1: Greetings from NIPM Trivandrum, and you have tuned into Insights, NIPM Talks. In our first episode, we will be exploring the topic English as a global language and its importance in professional growth. To talk about this topic, we have Sri T.K. Arunachalam, Regional Director, South Asia, Cambridge Assessment English, which is a part of University of Cambridge. Arunachalam leads the South Asia Office of the Cambridge Assessment English, which he was instrumental in setting up in 2005. The South Asia Office manages the operations of India, Nepal, Sri Lanka, Maldives, Bhutan, and Bangladesh. He has a Master of Arts from the University of Cambridge and is an alumnus of Loyola College, Chennai. Welcome to the show. Let's start by asking Aruna about the importance of English in the gig economy.
2: Hello, everyone. And I'm delighted to be invited by NIPM Trivandrum Chapter to share my thoughts. English language communication. The first things that come to our mind is about the importance of English in the gig economy. Uh, You can look at this from two perspectives. One is from the participants in the gig economy, uh, the staff, the employees, the participants, how it affects and the other end it's the creators, the entrepreneurs side of the economy. How does English Effect or can enhance some of the appeal there. When you look at it from the participant side... ...I think you can see that those who are doing these uh, freelance short-term assignments... ...right from your uh, Ola drivers to Uber to Swiggy's to Zomato's... ...to the high-end digital marketing communication experts... ...who run campaigns, consultants... ...I think the common thread across this whole function or how they can enhance their financial appeal is the turnaround times. And the turnaround times are vastly affected by good quality communication. Not necessarily English, I think good communication skills are really important for gig economy. But when you look at a country as diverse as India, uh, from Kashmir to Kanyakumari, I think one of the easiest things that kind of binds the gig economy is the use of English language as a tool for communication. So, um, I think that part is pretty well understood. I think even if you take, uh, I think in Cambridge, we have worked with uh, people in some of these uh, uh, industries. Uh, Better communication would lead to better customer service. Better customer service could potentially lead to uh, rewards. I think in this gig economy, tipping and valuing customer service ratings are really, really important. And the five-star rating, I think, is directly correlation to the uh, communication skills and the overall customer service that the participants in the gig economy kind of share. So I think, again, communication skills are important if you're able to communicate with your investors. I think it's a great tool to utilize. Whatever language you use, you use it, but use it with confidence. But if you have an edge on English language communication skills, the pool of investors, the pool of people that you can reach becomes a lot more wider. That's the only point I would like to share with you.
1: Better communication means better customer care. COVID-19 is a game-changer. Everything changed, especially in the new normal. The way we communicate with our customers also changed. In this context, Aruna, can you enlighten us on the impact and the importance of English at work during the pandemic?
2: I think, I think when we all rewind 16 months, I think the world was totally different. What happened then was, I think all our workplaces came home. There are people who get a lot of energy by interacting with their fellow colleagues, with customers in person, who have expressive body language, fantastic tone of voice and all of that. But what happened was we were all forced to work from home. All of us had to rely on Zoom or Teams or any other proprietary tools, which meant that the impact that you could have had when you're present live in a meeting, you're trying to recreate digitally. Uh, I think all of you would understand that there is a stark difference. So, in the first few months, I think people are trying to cope with it. I think those, and particularly in the IT sector, are pretty much used to these conference calls and all of that. But even for them, the difference was, I think it's a hybrid model. As the world emerges from COVID, I think our direction or the guidance for the future is that it can never be the same as it was in the past. So we are looking at an era of hybrid meetings where there will be some colleagues live inside a meeting room in, in person and most of the others connecting from their homes or from other offices or wherever they are. So if this is the future of live meetings, then what was earlier happening, the impact that you could have had with your some of your behavioral skills, your presence and all of that, you need to mimic that digitally. That is a challenge. I'm sure there are technology tools that are available or will be available in the future that can enhance that. But right now, all meetings are deconstructed to the, uh, the spoken word that is being used, uh, the slides that are being shared, the written word over there. So currently, that's the limitation of this digital communication world that we have. You have the spoken word, you have the written word, and how precisely you can communicate using these two makes a significant difference to all organizations. So companies have started investing, sensitizing people to kind of make sure that how effective you can be in utilizing the spoken word, utilizing the written word. Uh, Gone are those days where you hear lectures in these meetings. I think when we started last March, we were hearing long meetings, people using monologues. I think people have become much better to use these meetings very, very effectively. So we are now in a stage where Colleagues working in many organizations are uh, very clear that this is what would help them in terms of communication. But the bottom line is how important your spoken word is going to be and how important the written word is going to be. So for this, unfortunately, you are stuck to a language. And currently, the way the direction of this communication, the the trajectory of the organizations around the world is that English is still used by more than 80% of global multinational corporations, which means that most of us are forced to use English language. So the spoken word and the written word in English language have assumed a lot more importance because in a virtual conversation, if you're not using the right vocabulary, you're not using the right phrases, there is a great chance that people may misunderstand it. So to avoid all of this, I think we still need to reflect back and see how better we can become in terms of our communication, especially using the English language. And how, I think I know, I think I'm someone who uses the uh, gestures a lot, love in-person communication, But on a virtual medium, if I use a lot of gestures, what happens is that it becomes distractive to the audience because they see my hand blurring the vision. So it's not on. So you need to kind of find ways to communicate, but I think the best is that I think most of us have figured out a way to kind of manage or mitigate this situation. So going forward, there'll be a lot more of these hybrid meetings. And I'm sure as the meetings evolve, communication tools and skills would also evolve.
1: With newer technology, our communication skills will also evolve, is what Mr. Arunachulam, Regional Director, South Asia Cambridge Assessment English, part of the University of Cambridge, just told us. You are listening to Insights and IPM Talks. Moving on, Aruna, in the new normal, people are worried, rather more conscious about the language, their pronunciation, diction, accent, etc. Is such nuances a real worry when it comes to deal with people from different geographies?
2: I think people in many parts of India are worried about the particular accent, the way they pronounce words, the phrases that they use. And And those who are a bit more fluent in English sometimes tend to look down upon some of these practices but I can share with you from Cambridge there isn't any additional validation that we do for particular accents. You are not expected to mimic a British or an American accent. Uh, I think parts of India as I've told you they pronounce words differently. It's absolutely fine. So accent is a bit overrated The key thing for an accent is that as long as it does not impede communication, if you are talking to someone, if you use a particular accent, you pronounce words differently. If your recipient cannot understand it, that's when accent is a problem. But till that time, if your recipient can understand, it's absolutely fine. In all our Cambridge exams, right from high stakes exams like IELTS to our programs for young learners, We do not invalidate different accents. There isn't any common way that you can pronounce words. I think people need to be free to kind of pronounce words, but as long as you, it does not impede communication. Having said that, when you transfer that to a corporate environment, the challenge here is that you may have colleagues from uh, Europe, Africa, Middle East, uh, East Asia or America in your conversation it is quite unlikely that you pronounce particular words differently that they can understand. So, accent has to be understood in the overall context with whom you are trying to communicate. So, the key thing is, how can you make sure that your accent does not impede communication? So, that's the most important part. So, if someone makes a mistake, pronounces words differently, I think we do have a responsibility not to mock them but the responsibility is to kind of enable them to kind of come closer to something called as a neutral accent, if and only if they're communicating with international or other customers who may misunderstand. But within us, I think it should not be mocked at. I think it should, if you can understand that particular word, go ahead and use it. Go ahead and encourage right usage. So don't Kind of think really hard that, oh, someone's making a particular, pronouncing a word differently, it should be mocked out, it should be changed, not by default, only if it impedes communication. And the last part to kind of say is that, would you pronounce words differently if you use a particular accent, will it impede your professional growth? Again, it's linked to my earlier response. If you're working in an environment where you need to deal with international customers, The most important thing is what you're trying to communicate that's the most important part how is your resolution for a particular problem that's the most important part language is a tool to communicate that so sometimes your technical skills are a bit less rated than your communication skills i think from cambridge we think that that's incorrect i think the real focus should be on the actual problem and how it can be resolved rather than communication but If you use the right communication, the vocabulary, the accent and the pronunciation, if it is all right, then it brings that preciseness to your communication. It helps you to resolve issues a lot more quickly and in a gig economy, as I shared with you earlier, your five-star ratings are there for the taking if you are able to resolve a customer's issue quickly, precisely and without any problems in terms of them misunderstanding your
1: communication. Don't mimic, be you. The whole idea is to communicate properly and make the other person understand what you are trying to communicate. You did give us insights on the importance of English in business. And before we close this episode, can you please tell us about Cambridge's programs, especially for the working professionals to enhance their English language skills.
2: Some of you who are listening to this podcast are now wondering, okay, how can I improve? my overall communication skills because not only helps you in career progression it also helps you to communicate precisely and be successful overall so cambridge as part of the university of cambridge we do offer various solutions one of the key things that we do in terms of working with companies as well as higher education institutions is our focus on business communication we offer a range of certifications The Business English Certificate from Cambridge is very, very popular amongst engineering colleges all over India, where students do this. So before they join a particular IT company, they have the relevant language skills that are suitable for these organizations. The other part that we work on is with working professionals, because now recruitment happens from all parts of India... Uh, ...rural locations, tier 1, tier 2, tier 3 locations... ...it's very difficult to have standardized skills... ...while technology skills can be standardized... ...employers find that language skills are slightly different... ...so they use tools from Cambridge... ...the Cambridge Linguist skill and the Cambridge Upskill... ...to kind of make sure that they can validate the current language skills... ...and if someone is not meeting a particular standard... ...there is an opportunity for them to kind of develop... ...currently instead of rejecting candidates... ...which is fairly negative... They're giving a pathway to a candidate to say, today you're at this level. If you need to get uh, to a level where you need to join a particular uh, organization or to get promoted, they're defining certain levels, which puts the onus on the individual. So if you want to get ahead in your career, want to progress, then you need to improve. So if that is the uh, methodology, then there are tools available from Cambridge where... um, Working professionals, students can utilize it, benchmark their current levels, find out what levels they need to go to, work towards that level and actually find a way to be successful. One word of caution is that there are many programs that are called communication programs, a two-day communication program or a five-day communication program. I can honestly tell you that uh, these are not going to be helpful. Because it takes, empirical research has shown that it takes more than 200 hours of learning to move from one level to the other. There are overall seven levels of communication starting from the lowest where you just know the alphabets to level seven where you are almost close to a native speaker. It takes more than 200 hours of learning. So if someone tells you that join a two-day program or a five-day program, you can benefit, but you can only benefit as much. The key to communication is not about acquiring knowledge, it's not about knowing the grammar rules and all of that, it's actually about practicing. How well can you practice defines your success and English language is purely learnt by trial and error. If you make a mistake, someone points out that mistake, you would not make that mistake again in a positive way. But if you keep making mistakes, no one's pointing out that mistake, you will continue to make it. So you will still have people in higher levels of the organization, no one's pointed out those mistakes to them, they continue to use that happily. So the key thing to learn is create a peer environment where you feel a bit more secure. And if your colleagues and friends can point out certain mistakes that you make in a positive way, I think that's the quickest way to kind of improve your language skills. And the last thing is that with technology tools, the more you speak, the more you read, the more you listen to, you're going to get better. Writing is becoming a bit more uh, chaotic right now because not everyone's writing those detailed emails. We're all writing short notes. So that's something that's getting evolved very well in India. Almost every university student can write. But the challenge is writing precisely in two or three lines as well as communicating and understanding in terms of the spoken and the listening word is becoming a real challenge. So I'd encourage you, Cambridge offers a variety of free tools. Uh, There are tools that will evaluate using artificial intelligence, your uh, spoken word, give you feedback to say how exactly you are pronouncing words, how exactly you are making sure that the communication is successful and how important or how importantly you are trying to make sure that your getting the message across rather than worrying about certain accent and pronunciation and all of that. So I think we have tools. Uh, I think I will share some of these links with the NIPM chapter. So whenever the members are free, they can download and use some of these free tools to enhance your communication competence. Thank you very much for having me over to share my thoughts. And uh, I wish you all career success.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Arunachalam, for your time. Your views and thoughts are of the highest order. With that, we come to the end of our first episode of Insights. We hope you gained some insights about the importance of the English language by listening to this podcast brought to you by NIPM Trivandrum Chapter. See you again with another topic and another guest. If you are an HR professional and would like to join NIPM IPM, please visit our website www.nipm.in or call NIPM Trivandrum Chapter at 471 and be part of this prestigious organization. This is Rajit Karunakuran, Life Member, NIPM, signing off.